Welcome back to another episode of Geeks in the Machine, Supernatural Edition. I'm your host, Adelaide, and today co-hosting, we have Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, Adelaide. Hi, listeners. Uh, today, we're discussing Supernatural Season 14, Episode 3. Uh, so first, uh, did you have anything you wanted to get out there on this episode before we really dive into it? Um, Let me see. Anything I wanted to get out about this episode? Overall impressions? People I were mean, idiots, we, something we, like that. No, Dean was amazing, number one. Uh-huh. Um, Sam, yes, Sam was an idiot. You're right. Thank you for reminding me. It's not what I said, but okay. Um, <laughs> I think most of the bunker people were stupid. They kind of just were background. Like, I don't understand why they have these background people who are, wow, are just there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought something happened the way you said that. Um, I agree. I don't know why they're there. I actually have a point about that a little bit later. But yes, so far they're just extras and they don't do anything. And it actually kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, so, anything else or should I dive right in? Let's just jump in. All right. So this episode begins with Dean uh, telling Sam that Michael's left and he has no memory of it. He claims that once he said yes, the next thing he knows he's waking up here. With Michael gone, it's as if he blinked and missed it all. To me, this is BS from the start. And it's early to just start jumping in and saying this happened and this is why it's dumb, but I'm doing it because this was dumb. And there's no way that it is. Uh, there's no way that I would have believed that off the bat. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I would have done every single test that I could on him. I would have called in Rowena and every wish that she knew. And we would have came in and we would have made sure that this was him before he came back to the bunker. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely convinced, and even still convinced, that somehow Michael is still there. And I I know I'm being overly suspicious, and maybe it's just because I don't like Dean that much, but there, I just don't believe it for a second that he's not actually there, that he fled so easily. Now, we all know that I have a appreciation for Dean. Appreciation, uh-huh. A modest appreciation for Dean. Mm-hmm. And even I was distrustful. I was like, okay, I'm waiting for Michael to come out and kill them all. Like, that's all, that's all I was waiting for. And I was deeply saddened that that didn't happen. I agree. And it's just, I don't know. I, I expected them to do more when he came in. And perhaps, especially because there's, there's people from Michael's world, those people from the apocalypse world that have seen what Michael can do. And you're telling me they let him walk in the bunker untested? They this trust, guy's carrying they trust it. Sam. Sam is their okay. leader. Like, I mean, with hair like that, he has to be believed. With hair and the beard because he has that, that <laughs> extra layer of facial fuzz? Eh. I didn't like eh. it. I'll, I'll be honest, I did not like that. I'm not a big fan of um Sam anyway. I just don't know why he has a has a dead squirrel on his face. Um, because he looks like an infant without it. I'll take the infant baby face to dead skinned squirrel. Yeah, it's really an improvement either way. You can have your opinion on that then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can agree to disagree on the on the dead squirrel on his face. Yeah, yeah. Let us know in the comments <laughs> who's right. <laughs> 
Uh, so Dean was mildly confused about seeing so many hunters in the bunker and uh, Sam's and that leadership role that he has. Um, we kind of covered that he didn't. No one's talking to him. They're just kind of waving and walking around and not not being characters. They're just being bodies that move occasionally. Um, I don't even feel like that's good world building at this point. It's just they exist and sometimes we're told they do things. They cost money to speak Adelaide. We can't like, pay them. <laughs> we don't have any money. We spent it all on lighting the bunker. Well, I think they spent it all on the really bad uh, effects when they gave Michael wings early in the first episode. That was that was everything. That was their entire budget in that one. And we two have two shot. episodes left, less than we usually do. This money doesn't grow on trees, you guys. <laughs> you get wings, and you get minus two episodes. Are you happy now? <laughs> Okay, so Dean uh, finds a mysterious scar on his arm, and uh, Castiel searches Dean's memories, finds a memory of him being attacked by the same uh, dark figure from Wayward Sisters and the Bad Place in the previous season. Can we have a conversation about that whole searching scene where Castiel is, like, in Dean's memory and the grunting and the moaning? It was very much like, no, go back in. Keep going, Cass. If you want... I'm labeling this officially as the the Castiel Dean romance scene, but yes, <laughs> because that's it. Really felt like a love scene that we were just like, if you just listened to it without like watching it, it'd be questionable at best. I feel like you could say that about a lot of scenes in this show because I actually do tend to watch it while doing something else, and occasionally I'll look up and be like, "What did I just hear?" Like, I am often drawing while watching something. I'm often just not always looking directly at the screen. I know, it's terrible. I should be paying full, 100% undivided attention, but I don't care. And it's, uh, every now and then I'll just hear something and I'll look up and be like, what did I miss? And it turns out it's a monster gurgling to death, but it's not what it sounded like initially. Well, I mean, does it matter? Like, this is what pe- this is what gets the fans going, so... And they wonder why there are so many people that ship Castiel and Dean. <laughs> I mean, eh. it's canon. It happened. That's what the scene was. I mean, it was several scenes. Like, honestly, they only need a wedding scene and then it'd be over. Everybody's whole life would be done. I feel like Dean couldn't settle for anything less than either Amara or Castiel at this point. He can't. A normal human wouldn't work for him. And it would have to be either an angel or the embodiment of darkness incarnate and there's no in between but i, I mean is, is, is the angel really equal to amara though if we're being honest okay i guess nothing else to add there uh, <laughs> <laughs> i guess i cut out that moment but oh, I would, okay. <laughs> is the angel really equal to amara no but it's castiel so it counts it's very interesting that his standard for women is goddess who is older than god himself and his standard for angels is castiel who just happened to be there a few times when i needed him but more often than not has caused the problem that had to be solved see this is why this is actually one of the reasons i don't like dean is because he can get very um i don't want to directly say sexist but he he holds women to a really high standards and either they're either there for sleeping with and using or for not talking to at all. And 
that's kind of why his characterization bugs me, and that's probably why. And I don't. I feel like he's a repressed. He's he's repressed and he's gay about it, or he's gay and repressed about it. There we go. I can word today. That's what words are for, right? Eh. I mean, who really needs words anyway? Says two podcasters. <laughs> okay, so they call Jody. They had or they call Jody Mills and inform her that a possible monster from the bad place escaped, and eventually head to Sioux Falls. Um, let's see. They head to Sioux Falls to meet with Jody. Uh, it turns out Jody's been dealing with murders, thinking it was a serial killer. All of them had similar marks on the body. And uh, now that, of course, the Winchesters are involved, it means something supernatural is afoot. Uh, did you care about this turn of events at all? My only issue is that Jody suddenly became their mother. And I was just like, you have never been a mother. Like, at least not to them. You have not been a mother figure to them. You were kind of like the aunt at some point. Because you weren't really old enough to be their mother. And, like, I feel like they, they've aged her. I feel like that, too, actually. I, I saw the way they were portraying her. And she felt older. She felt... I don't... She felt tired. Almost. And I don't know if that's really a nice thing to say. But she felt like she had... Um, she felt like she's exhausted. And that she's just kind of done with a lot of the stuff that's been going on. She doesn't want to do this anymore. I wouldn't want to do this anymore either. Well, yes, but it feels like, especially with Claire, um, it feels like she's just trying to keep Claire out of it, so she does it all instead. And that feels like it's aging her a little bit more than it should. And Claire is, what, an adult-ish now? She can do it. I don't care. I mean, after all, she's the daughter of an angel, so. Okay. You're just trying to make me say that I forgot that, but this time I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, this is our second time recording this. Yeah, my internet died in the middle of the last one for no reason. I'm watching you, Comcast. Yeah, but it saved me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Claire's apparently the daughter of uh, Jimmy Novak. I totally knew that. Yeah. Right. I knew that from the beginning. And her mother's name? Why would you do this? (laughs) Why? Why would you do that? Why? Where's the fun if I don't ask, Adelaide? (laughs) Okay, what's her mother's name? I asked you first. I'm waiting. Like yes, but I've already said that I don't know. So what's your what's your podcast, ma'am? I am just trying to help you, and I am totally not typing anything into my supernatural Google. (laughs) Uh huh. Google dedicated to supernatural. Jeez. I have I have a whole thing. It's a thing. Anyway. Her mother's name is Amelia Novak, and I completely knew that off the top of my head. Uh-huh, sure. So yeah, she's the daughter of uh, of Castiel's host. She looks nothing like this little kid. Like, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the picture of the little kid that they had playing her. Like, Maybe that's it... why I didn't pick up on it, because I didn't remember what that... I don't know. I remember that little kid looking like not like her. Hold on, let me send you this link so that you can see that I am not crazy and this kid looks nothing like her. Oh, goody. Um, Yay, this is an interesting podcast for you guys. Yeah, this is interesting guys. content, right? <laughs> well, on the note of Claire Novak, I'll just skip way ahead. Um, so we find, you know what, actually, wait. <laughs> Let's just breeze through this part. Um, 
Okay, so they find the bodies that Jody's been studying, all of which have been missing their heads. They find them. Um, they find signs of vampirism. Dean is attacked. Turns out the figure's Dark Kaya. And then we have a moment talking about how uh, Claire was in love with Dark Kaya. There, we're back on Claire. That's why it's important. Yeah. Claire was, but like I said last time, was she really in love with Dark Kaya or was she like in lust? And I, like, I would have rather seen that play out, as I said. Because I think it'd be interesting to see the aftermath of that relationship. The aftermath. Like, I want to see those Thanksgiving dinners after we, like, been together. And, and broke up, but still live in the same house. Or, even if one of us moved out, I'm still coming home for Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. still coming home for the holidays. And, and like, now... presumably are, too. This is right. Why, like, and... Don't date your family, people. <laughs> like I feel like it's that like a needs, weird turn. I feel like that should go without saying, but at the same time, you know, at the, <laughs> ignoring the other issues afoot there. But uh, don't date it. Don't date your family just because the holidays will be very awkward. Yeah, well, don't date your non-blood related family, even if they're related by blood. That's a definite no-no. So I that definitely goes without saying. No blood relations, folks. Yeah. Is that a controversial topic? Did we put a warning on there? Uh, is that? A, I hope not. I don't know. Look at it. I digress. <laughs> okay, so Dark Kaya, apparently, as her as she's called in the credits, because I totally knew that. Um, Dark Kaya enters the cabin and is promptly knocked out by Dean to interrogate her. Um, and she says that she didn't mean to kill Kaya. It was an accident. She meant to kill Claire. Um, what? Did she really mean to kill Claire? I just, to me, that yeah, felt... Yeah, she put, Kaya pushed her out the way, and then she got stabbed. Okay, I'll leave you on that one. I just want to know why. You can't... Why? Reasons? You cut out. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> Reasons. Oh, okay. Fine. Because I don't remember anything in that... Unless, if it was there, please let me know. But... I don't remember anything in the episode itself about why she was after Claire. And I know that... No, she was not... I mean... She was trying to kill her then, but... Yeah, but I don't think she was necessarily after her. Hmm. Alright, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Still want to know why, but... Okay, so Dark Kaya reveals that she's also a dreamwalker, and that when Kaya was alive, they could see through each other's eyes, and this is why she saw Dean... Or she saw... Dean pull a gun on Kaya and tells him that like Mike that he's just like Michael using violence and threats to get what he wants and she says that his anger comes from a place of fear and uh, I mean this is fairly accurate is it not yeah I was actually gonna say she was completely right that's I mean yeah. that's the reason that he is Michael's vessel and that's the reason that Sam is Lucifer's vessel because they embody them so well I like I don't know why Dean was like no I'm nothing like him. Yeah, uh, Dean, we have 13 seasons of proof otherwise. Like you might not be like alternate world Michael at his core cuz his core was shaped differently by you not being in the world. Yeah. But you have a lot of similar you might be parallel lines now. But <laughs> like you, let's not act like you're not on the same wavelength. That and um, on the note of that, what would um, 
would that still make him Michael's vessel? Would I mean, clearly in the show it is. Well, but... that is a great... No, he shouldn't be since he doesn't exist in alternate Michael's world. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, he doesn't exist in that world and presumably there's some sort of weird supernatural forces afoot that make him the perfect vessel for his Michael. But if he never existed, those forces shouldn't have helped shaped him. So he's the perfect vessel for his Michael, but not the perfect vessel for their Michael. So why is he still his vessel? He shouldn't be. That was a weird sentence that I had there, but I'll take it. Yeah, he totally shouldn't be. I have no answers for you. Okay, well. If you guys do, leave us a comment. Tell us why you think he should or shouldn't be. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Mm, nope. Okay, so... I lost my spot. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, so we have a flashback of Dark Kaya confronting Michael. Uh, Michael wants him... Or wants Dark Kaya to join him and his army using her weapon because it is something apparently very special. And when Kaya declines, uh, she wounds him and runs away. And this apparently scared Michael enough to flee Dean's body, but we all... But apparently neither of us really fully believe that that's happened. Um, At least no one on this podcast. But let us know in the comments <laughs> if you are a believer. You shouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. Uh, so we reveal that vampires are after Kaya because Michael's afraid of the spear. And although we don't know why he's afraid of the spear other than it's from another world, I hope we're going to find this out. Uh, so the vampires then come and attack Dean. Uh, come and attack them all, as usual. Why wouldn't they? Uh, Dean sets Kaya free. Kaya kills them all with a spear and leaves uh, with the weapon after they warn her that the monsters will be, will continue to be after her. Um, I don't know. This feels kind of tangled to me. What about you? Uh, I'm trying to care. I expect the Kaya to come, like, to the whole bunker, and they do a bunker thing, and then she'll be safe. Blah, 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 blah. So, I am surprised by this whole thing. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I assume later she will come to the bunker and they're going to have to deal with that. But, at the same time, the use of Kaya in here feels a little bit... I mean, I get that they're taking the plot points from Wayward Sisters and pulling it in. But now that I've had more time to think about this, I feel like it's almost tangling their current plot. Maybe that's just what happens when you use that, so I mean, many that would imply worlds. that they had a current plot that they were planning on using. Do you think that they planned out this far? No, but... Maybe? I feel like they planned something with Michael first, and then when Wayward Sisters got cancelled, they decided to to utilize their plot points in there and bring them over to the Michael plotline. Eh, I mean, I, I can't argue with you. I have okay. no other... You have no defense for them? No. Okay, so we have Dean and Sam driving back to the to the bunker after the whole thing happens. Um, and Dean's confesses that it wasn't a blink of time when Michael was possessing him. He felt that he was drowning and clawing and fighting the whole time. Uh, he feels he is at fault for everything Michael has done because he said yes. So, you are the Dean expert here. What do you think of that? 
I think it's a cop-out and it was stupid. <laughs> okay, why? Because at the end of the day, as we've said, this is Michael. We knew he was lying when you said yes to him. This isn't a surprise. This isn't like, oh, I can't believe Michael he didn't. betrayed me. Right. Like, I don't understand why this is a thing. I don't understand why we're pretending that we care that this is a thing. The minute he said yes to Michael, he became responsible for everything that Michael did. So you do hold him responsible? I do. I wish he was worse, if we're being honest. Because if you're going to be responsible for evil, then you hold, then you go full evil. Because then you have something to regret. Don't take that out of context. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, I kind of agree. I feel like Yes, he's definitely responsible for it. I I don't know. I don't know how to write off that he's not because he said yes. And once he said yes, he can't really, he can't say that he was deeply betrayed by Michael. We all knew that was going to happen. You knew going in saying yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't have made that, that pact with him. That You didn't trust him when you said yes. Let's get that out there. You didn't trust him. And to say, oh... He betrayed me. Well, if you had trusted him from the beginning, you wouldn't have made that little caveat in there saying, after this, we're done. So why are you suddenly telling me that you are betrayed by this whole thing? Exactly. Especially because you it's knew. Sam and Dean. I you mean, knew. They're betrayed like, constantly by monsters. And I, feel like, I feel like this, like every podcast we do, in my head, I get a reference that I should not say. <laughs> <laughs> But of course I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. So, like, because basically this is the equivalent of, like, you going out, you know, having a good time, you wearing a short dress, and then there's somebody coming along, and they're like, oh, wow, that's a nice dress. You look kind of like, and then you're like, how dare you? I mean. Is it unwelcome? Yes, but. (laughs) Is it, is it uncalled for? Probably. But is it wrong? I mean, eh. I'm not saying you should expect these kind of comments, but at the same right, time, but people suck and people are going to do them. So Exactly. Like, it's certain things that you know when you do, like, if I go into a store, into a bank with a ski mask on, <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing the uniform of a robber at that point. I wouldn't be surprised if people were scared. On that note, like, there are places that ban hoodies on their property. Like, you can't in, um, I think it's in Europe somewhere, it may even be Britain, uh, where you can't wear a hoodie into stores because so many people use them to hide their face. And That's here. Like, that's here? Yeah, that's here, too. I haven't heard of it here, but I've heard it, uh, maybe, it's depend- maybe it depends on the states, but... I was about to say, because, yeah, that's totally, yeah. That's this state, it's several places that I've been to that have a big sign that says, hey, no hoodies, no ski masks. <laughs> Nothing that can obscure your face. No hats with holes in them. Like, it's a list. Like, an actual bulleted list. See, I've seen <laughs> no backpacks and no large bags, or leave large bags at the front, but I've never seen over here, maybe just because it's constantly raining and wet, and we have to wear hoodies. Um, I've never seen no hoodies or no sweatshirts or no hoods up or something like that. Hmm. <laughs> I am not I going know. to say what I'm thinking, so <laughs> let's just move right along. I kind of want you to, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the 
the brotherly plot line aside, uh, now we have the we have the B plot with Jack. Uh, so Jack was planning on running away after feeling like a failure at the hunt. Uh, Which he was. He yeah, was completely he was. right. Yeah, he I was mean, totally worthless. Had nothing to do. Like he was nothing at that hunt, except wow. the punching bag. A distraction is still worth something. He wasn't even that. Like if we're being honest, he was completely disarmed immediately. Like beaten to a pulp. I can take a hit. Got knocked out immediately. He did nothing. But <laughs> well, he's how old now? A year and three like, weeks at this point. Uh. My issue is that he knew that he did nothing. This is my thing. I don't, I'm not a train fighter. I would not hop into a boxing ring if my friends were going who were train fighters. That's not my gig. I will be on the outside of the ring cheering for you. I agree. And I understand that they, they're trying to justify it as, oh, he was training with Bobby, but I don't care. You've already told One me. One day that of training. Dean is- like, well, that and like Dean's already been only been gone for three weeks. We had that at the beginning of the of the first episode here. And um, you telling me he's going to be up to their level in three weeks because I don't believe that. Well, Not they could always second. pull the whole he's an angel, so he's quicker. Yeah, but he's also missing his his grace at the moment. Right, but he still has that in his blood or whatever. I don't know. Don't make me lie for Jack. <laughs> <laughs> The one that tried to play devil's advocate for the Antichrist. <laughs> no, he is not the Antichrist. We met the Antichrist in this series and he was quite nice. <laughs> in a literal sense, he is the devil's child, so I will call him the Antichrist. <sighs> Whether he lives up to that title is different. No, because he was not. Because we met the Antichrist. Like, oh, he, yes, was really, he was really yes. He was a really cute little kid. I remember him. I want to see him now. I want him back in this series. I feel like he should come back and be like, by the way, this throne on hell, it's mine. And I would be fine with that. Just like (laughs) side sweep everybody, just sweep everybody to the side and be like, this is mine. How dare you fight over this? I own this. (laughs) I was fine. I I would actually be fine if Jack did that. Like if Jack went full on Lucifer and started killing people. See, I'd be fine with that too. Like he's like, I can't fight my blood or something. Okay, I will say that would bother me because they've built, like, the first whole half of this series was so black Jack and white and nothing is good. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have, like, finally get into the gray areas, and Jack is that whole point about the gray areas of, oh, you don't have to be what your genetics say, blah, blah, blah. And then to suddenly say, oh, never mind, we're gonna go back to our first black and white stereotype of everything. I'd be completely fine if, like, Lucifer was the reason that he did it, and Lucifer really, like, was inside of his head like he was Sam completely fine with that yeah and on that note i just remembered nick is still here not in this episode (laughs) but he's still here i just remembered that (sighs) um anyway so as jack is leaving he sees castiel and jules oh you're right we haven't seen anything from him what i wonder what he's doing apparently he's off killing people i mean i find the the murder of his uh the murderer that killed his family i think Mm -hmm. yeah which as far as i'm concerned was probably him Definitely him. It was definitely yeah. him. Yeah. Like, I would put money on it. Yeah, I agree. I, As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, like, he feels oddly guilty and has oddly specific memories for it to not be him. And his witness lied to him and got very scared. I, I just feel like he had it in him already and he probably killed them. 
It's a weird tangent. Yeah, but they're going to go cop out and say that Lucifer corrupted him. They're not going to go full on. He's the killer already. Fine. Whatever. They can have that cop out if they really want to. But I want to say there's probably a reason he fit. He, he was Lucifer's vessel. And he was the closest thing next to Sam. Sam had the demon blood literally in him. And that's why. So... If you're going to take another human, why wouldn't that human be somewhat predisposed to violence and murder already? I have no excuse for that. Okay, well, let's go talk about his son then. Um, so Jack is leaving, and uh, he sees Castiel and Jules. Jules has a name and is one of the random-faced hunters that's there. So, yay. Apparently, I think she has a line, too. She <laughs> has one line. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> They um, pulled that extra couple bucks out of the budget and was like, this is for you. They paid her with a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, they have the craft services table, so she couldn't even get that. Oh, feels bad. <laughs> uh, so they say you're trying to help a girl who's been cursed with an aging spell. Uh, and the spell, or and the witch that cast it is now dead. Uh, Castia Earl says something about um, how Rowena tells him to try a reversal spell. And I feel like this was in the end of the previous episode. It was at least referenced in the previous episode, yes? Uh, Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, unless Rowena's actually in the episode, you got, you have nothing. I cannot help you. Oh, no, I didn't mean specifically Rowena. I mean the, the girl with the aging spell. I think we saw her originally. and this. Is oh, I don't know. Her. I wasn't, she, I don't care. Oh, right. Like, well, she then. didn't have any lines. Like, in this one, she wasn't that memorable. She was just, it, if anything, Adelaide, I'm surprised you're not more upset because you you tend to brush off your soapbox about women. <laughs> this is true. Being used to motivate men, and she was exactly that. She like was, her whole storyline yes. was to motivate Jack to find his thing. I don't know his courage or whatever. Find his thing, really? That's the phrase you want to go with. I, I don't remember. Jack is one that you just pointed out. He's not having sex with anybody. <laughs> but- that is true. <laughs> Please, writers, please do not add a romance scene between him and anybody, please. Exactly. He's one as far as I'm concerned, and I would feel grossed out. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, he, like, her whole story arc was to motivate um, Jack so that he fits in and he can help out. And if anything, that would be more upsetting. That's where I expected you to go. Honestly, this part was kind of forgettable for me, so maybe that's just... When Jack comes up, I'm kind of like, alright, I'm gonna go back to drawing this thing now, and I kind of lose my train of thought. Um, anyway, but now that I've now that you've referenced that, now I'm gonna hate this part. Um, so, yeah, the spell fails, kills the girl who apparently has the name Laura. Um, Jack laments about not having his powers and feeling useless without them. Uh, realizing Which he no is. Save her, bring her back, he is blah, blah, completely blah. useless without his powers. I yeah, am. he actually is. And I kind of want them to not make him useless without his powers. He has, I mean, he's still semi-functional, right? He can go and do other things. He doesn't need to be the super powerful Nephilim that I don't go. know. What does, I mean, he's a one-year-old. So what, I don't understand what we're supposed to be expecting from him at He can one. open up the internet and find cases. He can, can be he? a secretary. I will be fine with like, him being a secretary. But can he, though? Because they asked, hey, can you hack into a camera? No. He doesn't hey. need to hack into a camera. He can find unusual cases. He can run Google and find weird trending topics like the, I don't know, like, I don't know, hypothetically, some toy attacks a guy. 
He can he can find that topic and bring it up to them and be like, this is weird. Maybe you should check this out. Nah. That example two on the nose. <laughs> I mean, like, eh. It's Jack. Do you, I mean, this is my problem. Okay. I know that one-year-olds are really smart. And I know that he one. is, right, that's what I'm saying. He's, like, he is physically older, but my thing is mentally he's not. Like, he, like, and I get that we're supposed to be like, okay, Jack is just naive because he's an angel and he didn't have grace and he just blah, 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 blah. But he was also in a war. I don't know where to put Jack, and that's my problem. Like, I don't know how to put him in a place that he would be helpful. See, I agree, and I also wonder... How much of that is intentional? They're making him naive intentionally, obviously, but are they doing it because he's technically only one and some odd months? Or is it because they just want him to be naive like Castiel was when he was originally down on Earth for the first time? Right, but that wouldn't even make sense if they're trying to do the Castiel route because Castiel was naive because he hadn't been with humans, whereas his naivety comes from his human mother. Where she's like, it's all good, Jack. You have people who love you, Jack. Blah, 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 Jack. <sighs> I'm taking you. You weren't a fan of Kelly, I take it. I, was, I literally was about to say, I'm glad she died. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> Kelly was, again, another vessel to develop Jack. Yeah, so far, huh, now that you've mentioned it. See, I didn't care <laughs> much about Jack originally, but now I have to hate him because you brought it up and I didn't notice. And now I'm like, you're right, he kills Every single female <laughs> character he comes in contact with. I God, mean, I didn't have the soapbox who's... out, but now I do, and now I'm just like glued to it. I mean, Murray survives. I mean, that after... does not count. <laughs> I don't, I got nothing else. Okay, because like, anyway. even the other woman, like Lucifer, killed her after she came in contact with Jack. So. Yep. <laughs> Jack is basically a body count magnet. Like, anyone really who is. comes in contact. He is almost up there with Dean, if we're being honest. I was just about to say, <laughs> he's blending in with the Inch- the Winchesters very well right now. He's fit- He fits in with their uh, their magnet for problems and death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing else. Dang it, why does this have to keep happening? Alright, so, uh, Jack Lambert's about feeling useless, blah blah blah, of course he was. Um, so he decides to go examine the the witch's body for some reason, and to see if there's a way to bring her back, and uh, he finds the necklace that the witch was using to suck the life force out of young women and use that to keep herself young. And somehow it's important that the witch killing bullet is still in the witch's body, which is oh, yeah, yes. because it was trying to save her. Because it was trying to save her, so it was pulling out the life force. Yeah, I, yeah. I have that in my notes, and it still didn't matter. Like... Yeah, <laughs> see how much I paid attention here. Um, so Jack breaks the necklace, and yay, Laura's saved. Blah blah blah. Okay. Also, uh, I want to know hmm? why it was so easy to break that necklace. Because... I do too. I also want to know why everybody looked at her. And thought, wow, that abnormally large and inc- and totally inconspicuous necklace is that is uh, glowing. Is glowing. Maybe we should like investigate that. God, like for a bunch of hunters, they're all kind of dumb. Well, technically, it was two. It was an angel, a half angel, and uh, one hunter from the other world. Okay, so but how many of these hunters are in the bunker? And at some point, they have to realize, 
there are so many different creative minds about them that they could have been like, and so many differing opinions that you could have just gone, hey, there's this this woman with a glowing necklace. You would think somebody would have walked by and been like, oh, that's a spell. You should probably break that. They didn't know no witches in the other world. Like they they don't have that, Adeline. They just have freaky angels. That's it. Yes. Like, the angels killed everything else. They made that canon. Yes, but like, how long ago was that? Apparently about the Winchester's lifespan. So, I'd forget about witches, too, if we're being honest. If I'm trying to avoid angels, I'd specialize in murdering angels. Still, you'd think they'd be able to be like, that's a supernatural thing. Maybe you should check that out. Nah. At the very least, that's a weird glowy thing. Things like that shouldn't glow. Jack was the only one who could save them. Mm-hmm. The boy with the one-year-old brain did it. So Castiel praises said one-year-old for his success, and we see Jack coughing. And the, the episode ends as with a lovely close-up scene of Jack coughing blood into a tissue before discarding it into a bin filled with other bloodstained tissues. Do you care about this at all? Nope. Okay. Um, uh, I will say, however, while I didn't <laughs> care, I was like, I wonder if this is part of not breaking the witch's curse properly. Like, hmm. that was my first thought. See, I was more interested into... Uh, I was more interested as to why, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with him not having his grace and having it stolen for so long, because... I don't know, he's half Nephilim, does that... He's half angel. Does that somehow change how Grace is restored? Yeah, Castiel said that in the beginning of this episode, which I know you were paying attention to, but I will reiterate. Okay. <laughs> yes, Cassia. yes. Because Jack was looking um, at the beginning of the book. He was looking at different stories on Nephilims and how their Grace restores. And it basically said between three months and a thousand years. Oof. So I was like, great cop out, guys. Like... <laughs> Couldn't commit to anything, huh? Nope. Apparently not. I, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, can you tell? Uh, but I meant more like, instead of the way it's coming back, is it like, could he like, I don't know, is being pure human going to poison him in a way because he doesn't have the other half of him to balance it out? I don't know. I don't know why I would, but I wouldn't put it past Supernatural to do that, honestly. I wouldn't be. Well, I don't know. He was always pretty human, if we're being honest. Yeah, he was. He took after his human mother, as they like to say many times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's that's better than taking after the devil, so. Yeah, really. Okay, so that's all I had for the episode. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope. Okay, Um, so that's all for this episode of Geeks in the Machine. I was your host, Adelaide, with your co-host, Jasmine. And I'm going to make Jasmine do all the plugs because I don't remember your social media stuff. All right, so you can feel free to follow us at RoopTweets. You can follow me personally at OP Jasmine. You can follow Adelaide at OP uh, underscore Addie. You, <laughs> uh, you can follow uh, the site at um, the website address overpowerentertainment.com. And, um, and we also have a Discord server somewhere that will be linked in the description that we totally use and are totally in. Uh, Instagram is real OP Graham. And I think that's everything. But if not, it will be listed below. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.